0: Hello and welcome to Board Culture. I'm Wokcho, and I'm here speaking with Baking Pie, the founder of Kibo. Uh, thanks for being on Board Culture.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, so,
0: how would people in the mechanical keyboard community know you?
1: So the primary thing is, yeah, my store Kibo, where I sell all these random split keyboards and uh, a couple weird layouts here and there. So that's what they'd mainly <laughs> know me for. And then uh, maybe maybe some people would know me from my I did this one blog post a while back about taking old keycaps and then sticking an MX stem on it. Uh, So some people recognize that pose, but uh, probably not. It's an interesting one I did a (laughs) while back.
0: Nice, nice. So so when was the first time that you tried a
1: mechanical keyboard? So I think the first time I tried a mechanical keyboard was, I think, early 2016 or so. One of my coworkers uh, for this really small company I'm a part of, Uh, his I guess our CEO bought him a mechanical keyboard it was the truly ergonomic keyboard and it was like $300 and I'm like okay what's so special about this board Mm -hmm. that makes it $300 so whenever he was out of the office or like at home or something I would just like act you know I'd be the only one I'd like kind of tap on his keyboard just seeing how that felt Uh, and then eventually uh, maybe about six months later or so I was like okay let me just try to get my own keyboard and see how that goes Hmm. Well, I, I'm actually not
0: familiar. It's the truly ergonomic keyboard. That's what you said. Yeah, it,
1: it look it's a single piece of keyboard. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it, it's similar in shape to an atrius.
0: Uh. Oh. Okay. It's kind of like one. All right. So it's it's a, a split,
1: but like conjoined. Yeah. Ergo? Yeah, and it had it okay. has these like weird enter key, <laughs> enter and tab keys in the middle and all that. All I know is like the reliable is just complete crap if you. Uh, look at (laughs) reviews out there like bad uh what was that better business bureau ratings and all that
0: oh really (laughs) yeah that's interesting so you your first introduction to a mechanical keyboard was like this really (laughs) out there layout um interesting so
1: what was what was your first board so my first board was let's see so it was kind of two at the same time because i ordered a team wolf ciy Um, Zook board it's a hot swap board and I think it's it's like a 75% board and I remember ordering it from eBay and I had to wait like a month for it to come from China or whatever and in the meantime I couldn't wait that long so I just went on Amazon and bought a Magic 468 so I ended up getting the Magic 468 first and then maybe like a week later I got the Team Wolf board
0: classic the magic force 68 is so many people's first board that is like one of the common ones for sure
1: yeah and I, I, um, s- I still have my magic force 68 or at least the original one uh sitting in front of me because i'm at the home computer and well like the kids and my wife you know they they need they need the regular keyboard instead of my like funky keyboard sitting around <laughs>
0: Yeah, they need to like use them without figuring out ortho and split and stuff like that. <laughs> when did you first start designing your own keyboards?
1: So, I first started designing my own keyboards back in 2017, like the middle of 2017, cuz originally I started KBO, or at least I started getting things together for KBO back in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um but when I launched in May, I didn't have any PCBs back then. It was just like another one of the suppliers of switches and springs. And I think I was doing those MX desk mats as well. Those were all the rage back then. <laughs> so I uh, imported those over and uh, sold, resold those. And then it wasn't until like a couple months later that I started getting into PCB design because that's what I really had want, wanted to get into in the first place. I, I, I didn't want to just be a supplier of all these small little knickknacks just I, I did want to do my own boards and all that
0: so when did you start did you initially start out with more adventurous designs I know that your first introduction was you know a a, a pretty out there layout did you immediately go kind of off in left field or did it take you some time to get there
1: I mean for me uh what I wanted was a split prionic because mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember like after the team wolf and after the magic force boards the first uh, custom build that I did was a hand-wired 5x13 board. And uh, after that, I was like, okay, well, I, I wanted it to be split because uh, after that board, I went to a let's split for a while. And, you know, that that, that was like a purchase that I just randomly made just because it was dirt cheap at the time. Mm-hmm. But then when I actually built it, I was like, oh, yeah, this, this board's kind of awesome. And I started getting used to it. Uh, but then I was like, well, maybe I want to get that number added to the let's split so that's when I wanted to start designing that one
0: nice so yeah a lot of your your boards are you know either split layout ortho or a forty percent keyboard why might someone want to go off the beaten path when it comes to layouts and try something you know really really unique
1: like that yeah you, know, you look at all the different sixty percent boards out there it's just like it's just so many out there is if it, I feel like it's overdone sometimes and uh, I'd rather just try something different. Uh, you know, for me, it's like, I I definitely like split boards. That's just my thing. I like having my hands far apart. And then the reason I would like ortho is not for like RSI or, you know, any kind of ergonomic benefits. It's, it's just because I like having a lot of geese. It's just a utilitarian kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then You know, like when I do go off the beat with just 40% and split 40%, that's mainly because not something I want. It's just because I hear a lot of people in the community just talk about, hey, this would be cool that if I could get this for the tryout and I'm like, okay, let me just make something like that. So the reason why I come up with a lot of these weird layouts is just by listening to the community, not just some kind of random idea from my head, although sometimes it is some (laughs) random idea from my head.
0: Um so yeah, all, all of your keyboard kits, at least as far as I know, are, are these kind of like sandwich kits where it'll be like a, a PCB top, a PCB bottom connected by, you know, like uh screws with with guides and then you know a PCB to to solder underneath that that top part. Um so that's a very specific way of, of designing boards, you know, that I think is also kind of falling out of, of popularity. These are a lot of like the early keyboard like designs in the community, uh, that were made by the community sort of had that design, but you're, you're sticking to that and all of your, your kits are under a hundred dollars. Are these specific design choices? Like, is this a conscious, um, desire to target that kind of like that cheaper end of the market? Or is it that it's an easier way to make those layouts available?
1: Yeah, I don't see it as being, you know, I, I don't plan it out as t- in terms of being uh, cost conscious. There, I just do it just because it's the path of least resistance for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to design a PCB, get the all the onboard components on there, send it off to a fab, get that prototype, send it back to me, and then do some back and forth. It's just like, okay, I do this one layout, I can slap a Pro Micro on it, and then just get it out there, and it's. For me it's low risk i don't have to put up a whole lot of upfront money to design things uh you know run a group buy style or something like that or take pre-orders i just kind of do things and test things out in the background i have like a garage full of hundreds of bad pro based pcbs but it didn't cost me too much so it's not that much of a <laughs> loss uh, and you know sometimes i just like the diy factor you know in general i uh, anyway, I'm kind of just like a cheap ass. Yeah, you know? I, I don't want to like spend huge amounts of money. Like, if you look at my desk right now, I've got that Magic Force sixty eight. Uh, I've got a Let's Split V two. You know, not 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 even my own board. It's just <laughs> like a Let's Split V two with one case that's like a little bit higher than the mm-hmm. other. So it's, eh, I, I I do like to spend. My, I mean, I do like to spend money on keycaps, uh, not so much on the actual keyboards itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like. Uh... Yeah, I mean, well, hey, whether you're a cheap ass on purpose or by some happy accident, this design strategy has definitely popularized these, you know, really niche uh, layouts. Like, you know, uh, I think you're the only person making a split 40%. Uh, and I'm I'm fairly certain that a lot of people wouldn't have tried split ortho uh, or um, smaller ergos like your iris board layout uh, without, you know, it being, hey, you know, i it's
1: less than 50 bucks for a kit. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, I, I like the fact that, you know, everybody can try it out. You know, there, there's not much risk. And, you know, some people just want to dip their toes into the ortho world or ergo world or whatever it is.
0: So, yeah, what's, uh, what's maybe, you know, because you've come out with so many boards
1: so quickly. Actually, how quickly? When when did uh, Kibio start? So... I think I launched the website and the store back in May of two thousand seventeen, last year. Um, and then I don't I don't quite remember exactly when I launched Nyquist, but it wasn't too far after that, maybe two, three months afterwards.
0: <laughs> so and, and you know, you come out with nine keyboards since the opening of, of KiBio. I mean that's that's pretty un pretty unheard of. Can we can we talk a little about, about each one?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: So starting with you know the
1: Nyquist was your first board, right? Yeah, yeah, that was definitely the first board there. So what what was the idea there? Uh, yeah, pretty much I wanted the let split, but with the uh, the number row, you know, I thought it'd be okay, you know, build something that I really wanted, and then I built it, and then funny thing is. I didn't actually like it afterwards because (laughs) I had already gotten used to let's split and I didn't need that number row anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, thank God you realized that after you made it because, you know, now other people get to enjoy it. But um, so then you, you did unheard of triple interest check, three different boards simultaneously, the, the Levinson, the Iris and the Viterbi. So what are, what are each of those boards?
1: Yeah, so we've got the vertebrae. That was the 5x7. I remember that when I released the Nightcrisp, people were like, can you make one with a 7th a, a column? And I'm like, all right. I'll make a, one with the 7th column for you guys. And then there's Levinson. That was like, okay, well, I wanted the uh, take the let split, add the 2U thumb keys. I don't actually use them myself, but I know that other people did want to use them without using one of those 2U POS mm-hmm. keys. Uh, and then I wanted to add uh, in-switch LEDs just because... I like lights. I like, you know, I like the in-switch LEDs. I like the RGB. Uh, So I added that in. And then, yeah, then then there's the iris. Um, You know, I have that blog post on my uh, blog about the design process behind that and me working with uh, the guy who conceived of the layout. Uh, So that was, um, I mean, that also had the in-switch LEDs as well since I had designed it for the Levinson.
0: Okay, and then from there, all right, so... Two two releases, four boards, boom, in the dust. Like you you're already outpacing everyone. But then uh low profile switches come out and you come out with the Choco Pad and the Dilly. What are each of those?
1: So we got the Choco Pad, that's the four x four macro pad, and then the dilly, that's the that's a play on the Gherkin, since that's a three by ten. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that was just kind of an experimentation in those low profile switches.
0: And then from there, the uh, Fourier came out, which that's one that I actually ended up winning at the San Antonio meetup. That is a split 40%. And that's a really fun little board, I have to say. Um, did you, did, have you tried a lot of 40% sort of, uh, you know, intact
1: ones, obviously, before then? Or I think I'd seen them. Yeah, I remember seeing him at the the meetup that I had gone to, but I didn't actually play around with it much. All I know is like the only other split forty that I'd ever seen before was the caravan.
0: Oh right, yeah, there is another split yeah. forty.
1: Shout out to but the that. But that was like pretty rare. Like I, I don't, I don't even know how many are out there. It's like. Yeah, I think it's just the
0: two of them, right? Well, I mean, if if we're not counting uh split ortho, right? Because then then we have to include. Um, the Let's Split and all of those, that constellation of boards. But um, but yeah, I mean, like a, a very unique board
1: board anyway. And then the, the Laplace, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Yeah, and the only reason the Laplace got created was because I was doing the Fourier, and I was like, well, pretty much the PCB and layout design has you know, already been done for like a non-split Fourier. So I was like, okay, I'll just release both of them at uh, a similar So time. this is
0: the non-split Fourier? Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So pretty much all the options are nearly identical. Like if you go to the KLE that I've generated, it's got both boards on there just because uh, it was just easier to do. Nice.
0: Um, and then you you did the the Nyquist 2.0 PCB, which I think added RGB,
1: right? Uh, that added in switch LEDs. Oh, nice. So basically taking the Levinson and you know porting that over to the Nyquist
0: and then i think recently you you or most recently you've released the qfrequency fre- frequency backwards
1: I believe. yeah yeah okay. it's an, it's an audio processing term uh so it's like take the first four letters of frequency and reverse it you get qfrequency uh so yeah i did th- <laughs> yeah, that's the split 60 but then people are like hey can you do this in a 65% version so like okay like take the right half of the uh split board and make a 65% version of that as well Oh, wow.
0: So you can use the same left half and then you just add room for an arrow cluster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the cool part is you can just swap it on the fly. Just like you don't have to reflash or anything like that. It's like one day <laughs> you like 60. OK, you know, plug it in next day. You don't like 60 so much. You want to go 65. Just swap it out. You don't have to like do anything different. That's
0: pretty clever. Oh, well, I mean, taken together. I mean, we just ripped through, you know, so many different board designs so quickly. But, yeah, all that in, what, a, a year and change, year and a half?
1: Yeah, yeah, about a year and a half now.
0: So what was your background in engineering or or math or, or design uh, before you started designing keyboards?
1: Yeah, so my background is electrical engineering. And, you know, even before going to electrical engineering, I was doing, like, soldering and stuff back in middle school and high school. and But, like, back then, middle school and high school, like, Just in terms of what tools were out there, you know, there's no Maker C, no Arduinos out there, you had like, all the tooling out there was kind of really hard to get to, it was not very accessible, Uh, so, but when I went to college, I majored in electrical engineering because with the intent of, you know, doing stuff like uh, connecting stuff to computers, but Uh, There was, yeah, like I said, there's nothing too much out there. And ironically enough, I didn't actually study too much of that in the end, even though there were various courses available along those lines. So, you know, when I finally got into keyboards and I realized you could make your own stuff with with Pro Micros and Arduinos and other things like that, I was like, whoa, this is like really cool. And it, it finally kind of reached back to what my original interest was before I had gone into college.
0: Nice, that's, that's awesome. Um, so, what
1: does the future hold for Kibio? So currently uh, I've been working on Nyquist Rev 3.0 and Iris Rev 3.0. I know people have been really wanting to have uh, move away from those home micros. You know, they don't like the fact that the USB port breaks off all the time and all that. Uh, and they just want everything on board. They don't have to do all that soldering, just... Get the case stick your switches in there solder them in and be done with it so that's what i've been actively working on these days although i remember i promised this like back in february of this year and uh, i didn't really get around to doing the initial prototypes until uh, october or so and then now it's december i've kind of run through about two or three different revisions of each board i'm still uh, working on a couple of revisions here and there so now instead of i guess i revised the timeline to end of the year but now it's like well it's december now and you know, it's like christmas break and all that so it's gonna have to be wait it's gonna have to wait until uh january or february to get it out there but i'm trying to get it as, out as soon as possible
0: nice well i'm, I'm glad you're <laughs> I'm glad you're not resting on your laurels You're you're already out there making more boards um, so do you have any plans to make a like a mid or or high end keyboard you know more of like a, a milled aluminum or or brass board in the future
1: Yeah definitely it's it's definitely been in the plans uh you know, I guess if you look like at all the stuff I've done before it's kind of been, been all the designs been done in house uh but I think with the Iris I definitely want to do an aluminum case for that. I'll probably just get somebody to commission that at this point. You know, I don't have the time to learn fusion or all that. Uh, I'll leave that up to the experts. Uh, you know, we, and I do talk to various people who do PCB design and case design, so uh, I'll probably be tapping one of those guys to do something for me.
0: Nice. So circling back to one of the things you said at the beginning, uh, so yeah, you, you, you make, you've made several blog posts, but the the one that really I at least sticks out the most to me was you made a, a blog post that where you were talking about what a day in the life of a keyboard vendor is like. So what was your life like then? And how has your life changed since then?
1: Well, I remember back then, I don't remember when I wrote the post, uh, I don't know. It must I think have been it was in like, spring,
0: late okay. spring, early summer.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's that probably sounds about right. Uh, but yeah, I remember back then I was just staying up at night all the time. Like it'd be like two or three o'clock in the morning, I'd be staying up filling orders and bagging stuff up, and it, it was it was crazy. I I and yeah, uh, you know, my son he's uh, he's almost nine, and he got I, I gotta take him to school at. Uh, like 7.45 in the morning. So that meant I had to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I'd be running on four or five hours of sleep every day. And it would, and I'd just like be crashing at work constantly. Uh, so that, that was kind of rough back then. But I just <laughs> kind of worked through it for a while. Uh, but it's definitely gotten better now. Uh, these days, I've actually got some help to uh, help me run things right now. So I've got uh, two assistants right now uh, and they do a lot of the kitting of all the parts. I don't do so much of the kitting anymore. And, and by kidding I mean taking PCBs, putting them into a bag, getting cases, putting them into a bag, cutting out the resistors, diodes, uh, counting out all the standoffs and screws. It's it's kind of a, uh, yeah, it's a tedious process. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've trained a couple of people up on that. And then uh, one of them also fills uh, a decent portion of my orders as well so i trained them up on uh like you know what goes into order and like like all the different kits that are uh, available out there which is kind of crazy uh, and, you know there's you know like i said uh there's like nine or ten different boards i've got around and there's <laughs> just if you look at my office there's just like tons and tons of boxes That are, luckily I, I labeled them recently because my wife was like this is a mess like you need to like get these boxes into the shelves so you can make it easier because right originally like before i did the cleanup and this cleanup was like very recent like during thanksgiving basically there's like the chair the packing chair and then you like sit there and like rotate <laughs> around and grab various parts out but i've i've cleaned that up to make it easy on me and uh my assistants to to uh, get things done and then yeah you know, the, and then like more we'll of also uh print off the the shipping labels as well, so it it's definitely uh, helped me out a lot in terms of the amount of time it takes to do things. Uh, now I can actually get to sleep at around twelve thirty, one o'clock, which is pretty decent for me. You know, I uh, I mean, ideally I'd get like eight or nine hours of sleep, but getting to sleep at <laughs> one, getting up at seven, it's six hours. That's decent enough for me. I'll I'll function during the workday without <laughs> crashing.
0: Yeah, that's 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 my grind as well. Pretty pretty exactly actually. Um, so yeah, I I sympathize. But yeah, it sounds like you're you know refining and growing and and that's good. That's good. Um, so what is your daily driver now? I have a feeling it's one of the two boards you mentioned. But
1: uh, what do you what do you use in every day? Yeah, pretty much. If I'm at home, I've got this Let's Split V2 that I built. Who knows, like two years ago or something like that <laughs> uh and then at work i've got a levinson in a one of those stainless steel sandwich cases that i've got
0: how has the community changed since you joined
1: yeah i think it's just changed a bunch so like what i joined back in 2016 or so and you know 2018 now in the t- past two years I, I feel like it's growing dimensionally uh there's just a lot of things going on uh i know one of the big things I see is that there's a lot of discussion on discords now like I got into the met keys discord a while back uh and then from there you know everybody's got their own discord up I've even got my own small discord up uh and just a lot of discussion happens in those places as opposed to reddit uh you know reddit's still important uh and then you know you got geek hack and then the other communities type hype and keep talk so there's just a lot of discussion places out there and you know, if you go look on them, there's a lot of information being shared. Uh, like you know, I, I'm, I'm a part of this one Discord along with a bunch of other designers, case designers, PCB designers, and we just talk about uh, various issues that we run into, share little information about the different uh, factories and fabrication places that are out there. So it's 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 definitely a very welcoming community and just a lot of people trying to help each other out most of the time. All right. And uh, closing out, what is your favorite meetup experience? So pretty much I've only been to one meetup. Uh, It was the meetup where I'm in at uh, Raleigh. So it was February of last year. So I remember... Let's see. I remember going there, and my wife was like, "It's like, yeah, all right, go go off and do your thing. You know, you'll probably like go there, hang out a couple of hours, and like never talk to those guys again." So I go there. Uh, I think at the time I had to drag my son there as well. I just got him some iPad and you know sent him in some random room to play Pokemon <laughs> or whatever it was he was playing. Uh, and I was just like, I had a, I had a blast there. I, it was a small meetup of maybe about 30, 40 people. But uh yeah, there are a number of notable people there. Uh like there's that Canadian who I actually met a little bit beforehand before before the meetup. Uh he was there. Uh there's Of the Wild. He's the if anybody's he's unfamiliar with who he is, he's the guy who does the RMK stickers. Uh and then I know Living Speed Bump was there, Donut Cat uh and then you know just the, the various locals there but yeah I just had a blast talking to all those people and uh going to a meet for the first time and you know afterwards I, I keep in touch with those guys you know I talk to them constantly uh we have our own local discord you know we try to meet up for lunch or at some brewery from time to time and it's uh you know it, it's great um and then on top of that yeah like you know for example uh you know one of the guys I met there at some point he drove like an hour in cuz he, he lives about an hour away. He drove an hour in to like catch some uh, some new beer at a brewery and he's like, yeah, does anybody want to meet up?" And I'm like, "All right, I'll come I'll come out and meet you up." And then he brought his like keyboards out there. I brought a couple of mine, and we're just hanging out there talking for like an hour or two out there just about keyboards. Uh so and yeah, and it, it, was, it was funny. We're at this brewery, and then all of a sudden he goes to me, is that like who, who you see that guy is like, is that Lieutenant Dan? And I'm like, you mean like Lieutenant Dan from like Forrest Gump, like Gary Sinise. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I, like, like a look over around the corner and like, there he is, you know, um, we didn't, we didn't actually go talk to him. I, I should have gotten to sign a keyboard <laughs> or something like that, or like try and endorse one of our boards. But, uh, it was, it was kind of interesting from there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean,
0: having a local community is like the best case scenario. Um, all right, Baking Pie, thank you so much for being on Board Culture. Yeah, thanks for having me on.